Welcome into another edition of Home Run Throwback. I am Jimmy Morris, joined tonight by John Glennon. Get to him in just a sec. Before we do that, remind you, broadwaysportsmedia.com is the website. So much cool stuff going on there. Um, I, I promise you that we had more posts about the Broncos-Titans games than any other Titans website you're going to find. So check it out. Um, a lot, like I said, a lot of cool stuff going on over there. Uh, $9.99 a month. It's, it's worth your money. I promise that. So just check it out. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at jmorrismcm. You can follow John on Twitter. He's at Glennon Sports. John, how are you tonight? I am well, sir. And yourself? Doing good. Doing good. Uh, Titans tried to. We, we kind of went from you know <laughs> high to low, back to high. Uh, with, with how things happened today, Look, felt pretty good about everything at halftime, and then had a little bit of a, of a panic set in there uh, in the fourth quarter. But all's well that ends well, and so the Titans were able to get a 33 to 30 win over the Jaguars today. So, what are your kind of just initial thoughts about what happened today? Yeah, well, it's kind of interesting to me. You know, like, as you said, the bottom line again is all's well that ends that, that ends well, but. It, it's really two different tracks, you know, the first two games. Uh, the, the first one, uh, you know, the defense looked pretty solid, and we're kind of wondering about the offense, saying, hey, what, what happened to all this, you know, these uh, options and weapons, and then you only end up with, you know, 16 points in the game. Uh, you know, what, what's going on there? Uh, well, the offense certainly answered the bell here in, in week two and, and had a great day, you know, put up 33 points. Uh, but you're left scratching your head this time about the defense, which for the longest time couldn't stop Gardner Minshew and the and the Jaguars. So you know the the comments from a lot of the players were the same. Uh, you know, hey, happy to get the win, but uh, you know there there's still a lot of things to uh, to get cleaned up out there. Um, and you and I were were kind of talking, uh, you know, but before the uh, before the podcast uh, started officially. You know, do we do we like uh, you know Gardner Minshew enough to say this was just Gardner Minshew being Gardner Minshew out there uh, today when he throws for over 300 yards and three touchdowns, or you know, do the Titans have some some questions to answer on uh, on defense at, at this point? Yeah, and that's been my thing. I mean, all along I was kind of hoping that Gardner Minshew would be good enough this year that the Jaguars are not in the, the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. But then after watching him today, I'm like, well, you know, maybe he actually is good. Maybe they do have their franchise guy. Um, and, you know, he, he runs around back there, and he's really good at escaping pressure, makes a lot of good throws. Um, you know, the, the touchdown pass to Chris Thompson, I, mean, I think Vrabel said after the game, you know, he told Jayon Brown there, like, that's great coverage. The guy made a play. So that kind of stuff's mm-hmm. going to happen. So, I mean, you, you saw a few of those from him today. So, yeah, I, I mean, I was, like I said, I was firmly on the he's not that good, but, hey, keep playing well <laughs> enough that the Jaguars think he's the guy. They don't think they need a quarterback. And then, you know, we know how that can set franchises back. But at this point, maybe he is their guy. Maybe he maybe he is a, good enough to, to be a starter in this league. And, I mean, I heard Greg Cosell on the Midday 180 this week, and he's a big Garner Minshew fan. So maybe it's time for me to start believing in him. I don't know, um, but <laughs> it's wild. I mean, you just, you just you know where he was drafted and all that stuff. Those those guys typically don't don't pan out, and they can have a good stretch of games. And we've seen plenty of guys throughout the years have you know good stretches of games and and kind of tricks a franchise into thinking he's their guy. But at this point, I mean, his body of work says that 
he's going to be good enough for them. And like I said, well, I guess we'll just kind of see how it plays out over the rest of the year. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. You know, he's almost been like a uh, like a comic character. I don't know, like a cartoon character in a lot of respects. Um, you know, so far in the league, and then, you know, you say Gardner Minshew, and then people think of the the Minshew mania, or or his mustache, or his or his crazy clothes, uh, and you know, no one no one thinks of him as really as, as a pretty solid quarterback. But boy, he's changing that in a hurry this year. Nineteen out of twenty in the opener, and three touchdowns, three hundred yards uh, today against the uh, against the Titans. So pretty solid. But I I do think we also have to look at some deficiencies. Uh, certainly today, that were exposed uh, for the Titans. One, they are thin uh, in the secondary, and, and injury has a lot to do with that. Uh, Dory Jackson was already out. Jonathan Joseph, uh, the veteran free agent, went down and out in the uh, in the second half today. Uh, and I think Chris Jackson, you know, the kind of the feel-good success story of the first week, um, was a little bit more exposed today. Uh, you know, the Jaguars started picking on him towards the end of the first half, and by the start of the second half, Christian Fulton had taken his place, and Ty Smith had kind of gone above Chris Jackson as well. So secondary looking a little bit questionable right now, and then you could say, hey, you know, maybe uh, if the if the Titans were had a little bit better of a pass rush, that might, that might help things out. That's a little bit of a, a concern also. They did get two sacks today, didn't have any in the opener, so that's a step in the right direction, but I still think they're, you know, that was an emphasis in the off season. They wanted to get better, much better in terms of sacks, and we're not seeing a, not seeing a ton so far. Yeah, and you hope, right, that that's a product of, like you said, the guys that have been out. We still haven't seen Vic Beasley, yeah. still haven't seen Derek Roberson, and I don't think that he's any kind of savior. But he was a guy that played well at the end of the year last year, and just having another body to put in that rotation, I think would be would be pretty valuable at this point. So. There's definitely some some concern there, but I think we're not to the point where we have to push the panic button just yet. Let's wait until we have a couple of weeks with everybody healthy, where we get to see that. And again, we we know that in the NFL, you're you have very few weeks where everybody's healthy, but it seems like they've been hit pretty hard at the offensive. I mean, at the outside linebacker position, at the cornerback position. I mean, think about the spot they would have been in today if Malcolm Butler hadn't have been able to go. I mean, that was a he was yeah, right. you know seriously questionable on Friday after I guess his, the quad acted up on Thursday. Um, you know, he was limited on Thursday and it didn't practice on Friday. So I mean, it was a good thing they were able to have him. But I, I mean, I, I think we're kind of on the same page here that you know the defense is obviously a concern right now, but I don't think it's. I don't think it's a it's a panic situation until you get kind of everybody, all those pieces in there, and let them kind of work together for a couple of weeks. Yeah, I, I think, and and one thing, you know, to the defense's credit, you know, as we mentioned, they had all kinds of trouble stopping Jacksonville today. I think the Jags were like 10 of 14 on third down conversions, and, and I think they scored on maybe either four or five or five of six possessions during during one stretch. But to their credit, uh, Titans defense came up very big uh, when they really needed to right at the uh, at the end of the game. Uh, Jags had the ball with that with a chance to take the league, excuse me, the lead, and the uh, and the Titans forced a uh, a punt, one of only two punts for Jacksonville all day. And then, of course, after the Titans took the lead, Jacksonville certainly had plenty of time to go down and get that tying field goal, or perhaps more. And Jeffrey Simmons, uh, who is a defensive playmaker steps in and uh, and has a huge moment there, tips the pass, 
Harold Landry gets the interception. Um, so, uh, of all things, the defense really comes through uh, with two big stops there in the end after really having uh, all kinds of difficulties stopping the Jags all day. Yeah, they, they definitely stepped up when it was the most important. Um, like you said, getting getting the ball back there on that the last possession, the Titans ended up getting the field goal on, and then being able to get enough pressure uh, to to get that interception. And yeah, Jeffrey Simmons. I mean, he's a guy that you know there's so much talk about him last year when he was picked and with all the, the off-field stuff and the you know the coming off the injury and, and we didn't get to see him at the beginning of the year last year. But yeah, I mean, he's a guy that that you've got to be really excited about what he brings. And then again, once you get him and Clowney and Beasley and Landry all on the field at the same time, you have to be really excited about what the pass rush can look like once we get all that. We just, we just haven't been able to see that yet. So hopefully hopefully next week will be the time. I mean, um, Beasley got a full practice in at least on Friday last week. Um, so it, it seems like he's at least trending in the right direction. Yeah, and Roberson was full practice all week. I fully expected him to play. Uh, today, but but that wasn't the case. And yeah, you figure if they can just give maybe Jadevian Clowney and Harold Landry maybe an additional five to ten snaps each off per game, that's going to make them that much better. You know, in in the fourth quarter, uh, you know, when you really need them going after the passer. So I'm I'm sure that's going to going to help uh, eventually. Um, another another interesting uh, area there for the uh, for the Titans. Uh, is of course our, our old friend Stephen Gostkowski. Uh, um, it's just uh, what's the, I, I I can't really get my head around it right now. Uh, what we do know, and we talked about this a little bit earlier, is that that he does have a monster leg. Uh, the two field goals he made today, 49 and, and 51 yards, in both pressure situations. And he also had five or six touchbacks on, on kickoffs, which is great. You know, they had all kinds of trouble last year getting touchbacks. On the other hand, <laughs> he misses an extra point for the second straight week. And, and if you go back to last year, that's six in the last six games, which is weird. Um, but, but the overall picture, it's kind of interesting. You know, you look at a guy who had some trouble the first week, certainly, with the, you know three field goal misses and a, and a missed extra point. Second week, he has a missed extra point. But on the, the bottom line, he's a hero. He's uh, he's made two game-winning field goals in a row. So uh, you know, I, I, I guess what we can take from that is, uh, is Stephen Gorkowski is good in the in the clutch. Maybe they need to make every extra point, uh, especially <laughs> clutch. I, I, I don't know what the solution is there. Yeah, and it's weird because again, a guy that's his age and coming off of an injury you would expect it to be a leg strength issue. Um, right. And that, that's clearly not the case, like you said. And then again, I mean, we've seen guys throughout the years, you know, with the Titans or whoever else, that, that have plenty of leg but can't kick it straight when they need to. But, you know, right. I mean, Goskowski, you know, you, you have the history of him with, with being, you know, before this year, one of the most accurate kickers in NFL history. And so, it's like you said, it's just weird that – um, I mean, because that extra point that he hit off the upright was—I mean, that that kick looks terrible. But then yeah. those both of those field goals, he, like you said, they're not short field goals, uh, and, no. and they they both look great and had plenty of leg. I mean, you know, there was there was really never a doubt about either one of those. So um, I don't know. I mean, it's just a year off and the timing and all that stuff. I mean, hopefully we see him again settle in as the year goes on. I don't know how much you know him not being in camp. 
Um, not having a preseason, all those types of things. I don't know if that's affected him. You wouldn't think that it would with a guy that's been in the league as long as he has. But at least he, you know, at least, at least he's shown up. But like you said, when it when it's mattered the most, he's been clutch. He's hit the kicks that they've needed, and including that today. And, and we got to talk about the the Jaguars' decision to go for the onside kick right there before halftime, because you know you look at it, it's a three point game. The Titans end up getting a field goal off of that when yeah. they, they wouldn't have had enough time to do anything if the Jaguars would have just kicked it deep. And, look, I mean, I, I'm a guy who likes that kind of stuff, likes putting the pressure on in, that kind of, in, in those types of situations. But right there, I don't know, with it as well as, as their offense was playing, yes. as, as much as their defense was struggling at that point especially, that decision is really head-scratching. Yeah, I, I agree. Now, I'm, I'm not completely certain. I probably haven't seen enough replays of it yet. Did you get the sense it was more of, of an onside kick attempt or more of just kind of a squib, you know, make sure they don't have a big run back and, and you know, run out some clock here at the, at the end of the first half? Because I probably haven't seen enough replay to, to, to make a judgment uh, on that. But uh, in, in either case, uh, you got to credit Josh Kalou. Uh, also, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, uh, special teams guys will get a little bit absent-minded. And even in that kind of situation, they'll kind of turn and start heading back to, to do some blocking. But, but Kalu, uh, you know, who's, who's kind of made his name on special teams with the Titans, um, was present enough to, uh, to make that recovery. And, and boom, the way the Titans were playing on offense in the first half, it only took them, you know, the, the one play, and they're, they're in range for, uh, for Goskowski as long as he's not kicking from 33 yards. Which is an excellent <laughs> uh, to uh, to hit on the field goal, but I'm curious. Yeah, you you may have seen more replays on that on the on the Jags kick. Did you did you get the sense it was a, an onside kick or or more of a squib try or something in between? You know that what? Didn't I, work or? I haven't seen that many replays, so maybe it was just a squib gone bad with a guy. You know, like their kicker, you would think just go ahead and let him kick it deep. It's not like yeah. the. I mean, I mean, Cleef Raymond is a good athlete and all that stuff, but he hasn't been a, just this huge threat in the return game. So uh, you know, and, and again, I think sometimes coaches try to get too fancy with that type of things, or you just there, there's a little bit of of an element of fear there that's not necessarily needed. Um, just go ahead and kick it deep, cover it, and then you know, because the Titans probably take a knee, right? I mean, if, if it oh, goes yeah, deep, sure. I mean, they're, they're not going to try anything there. So, um, yeah, that ended up being a, a huge point in the game. Now we've, you know, we're almost 15 minutes in, and we haven't even talked about the offense. Um, <laughs> Ryan Tannehill, you know, for all the whatever, you know, when the when the contract was announced this offseason, all the national guys were kind of killing the Titans. For oh my gosh, you can't give that guy this money. It's one season. He got lucky, especially the people that didn't watch the Titans until the postseason. And then, you know, saw how good Derrick Henry was in those two playoff wins last year. Everybody thought, you know, it was, it was a Derrick Henry offense that Ryan Tannehill just kind of, you know, was, was on Derrick Henry's back. Those of us that watched the Titans game in and game out last year knew that wasn't the case. But, you know, a guy that has four touchdown passes today continues to show just the efficiency that he's shown um, since he's taken over for the Titans. It has really been remarkable. And at this point – you have to have a lot of confidence in him. I, mean, I know the numbers in Miami, and, I, and you know that's what everybody pointed to when, when the contract was done. Um, but you know we're seeing now that guys that get away from Adam Gase, they end up being a lot better than they were with Adam Gase. 
Um, and you've, you've seen the struggles that, that the Jets have had this year. But, I mean, Ryan Tannehill has been really, really good. And I feel like, I feel like people here know that. But nationally, I don't think he gets the credit he deserves for the way that he runs this offense. And I almost said manages this offense, but that's not really even it. I mean, he is a guy that is, I mean, they can pass to set up the run, and that's not really the narrative with him nationally. Right, I, I agree. And, and uh, I think part of the reason for that is that, you know, most of the nation kind of tuned in on the Titans last year in the, in the playoffs only you know they 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 kind of squeaked into the end of the playoffs um but but nationally you know the only time people really saw them was in, in those playoff games and and so when you're seeing derrick henry running for over 180 yards and you know I, I think it was in each of those first two playoff games you know i i think the national perspective then was well this is all derrick henry you know ryan Tannehill doesn't have much to do with this at all and and look what happens against kansas city when you know, and Derrick Henry can't run for as much, well, they, they, they lost. But, you know, one of the first tells to me that that's not the case is if you go back and you look at when Ryan Tannehill entered the starting lineup, Derrick Henry has not been as, as great as Derrick Henry finished last year and the numbers that he put up. Those numbers were not spectacular through the first six games when, when Marcus Mariota was the quarterback. But when Tannehill came in, that helped out Derrick Henry. Uh, as well, it was a very two-way street because certainly, you know, Henry and the play action benefited Ryan Tannehill, but Tannehill's passing certainly opened things up for for Derrick Henry as well. And you know, when when you look at at today's game, uh, um, you know, remember too that that the Titans were without AJ Brown, who really is their kind of down the field guy. Not you know, he's not a uh, a huge speed merchant deep threat. But really, for the for the Titans, you know, if they're going to throw the ball 20, 25 yards downfield, most of the time it's going to be with uh, with A.J. Brown unless you have your occasional shot to, to Khalif Raymond. Um, and they didn't have that today. So the, the Jaguars could really kind of sit on things for the most part. They could sit on, on, the, on the running attack. They could make Ryan Tannehill throw, uh, you know, to a receiving core that, that didn't have A.J. Brown. And yet still... Uh, four touchdowns, you know, first time as a, as a Titan. I think first time he'd done that since 2015. Um, and, and some of those tosses, I, I think the one that stood out to me really was that throw to Adam Humphreys, the 18-yard the touchdown pass um, that I believe was the Titans' last touchdown. You know, he was about to get drilled in the chops by Josh Allen on, the, on that play, so he had to throw the ball up early and still has the, the timing just right to, to allow Adam Humphreys to break left and get under the ball and, and drop it in there perfectly. And we're seeing some really high-level uh, quarterbacking here from, from Ryan Tannehill. Um, and boy, that, uh, yeah, uh, I don't think all the, all the, uh, uh, the geniuses who, who, you know, predicted uh, a huge regression for Ryan Tannehill aren't looking too smart. You know, I think, I think it's normal to, to think that he'll regress slightly from some of the incredible numbers he put up last year, but to, to think that he'll absolutely, you know, tumble back to his career marks in Miami, I, I think people are off base if they were thinking that. Yeah, that throw to Adam Humphreys, I mean, you're not going to see a much better play from a quarterback than that because, like you said, I mean, he's got a guy, Josh Allen, 
you know, I mean, he's coming from the beginning. I mean, he has to see him. He's right in his face. And he stands in there. He makes that throw, a, a, just a great throw. And Humphreys is a guy that, you know, we didn't get to see enough of last year, at least with Ryan Tannehill, because he got hurt and, and you know, missed, missed a lot of time once Tannehill took over. But, I mean, he's come in and, and, and he's been the guy that we, we hope that he would be. He's the guy that if, if they need a big catch on a third and five, that's the guy you can tell that Tannehill's looking for. Um, the, the guy that knows the, the right depth of the route to run um, to get the first down. And, and so, I mean, that's been him being able to step up and, and play that role. Again, that we all hoped we would see from him last year, but just didn't get enough of it with Tannehill. He's been a huge addition to this offense. And like you said, I mean, there, there has to be, uh, you know, a, a significant level of concern with A.J. Brown not being out there because you have a lot of questions with the weapons after him. Corey Davis, you know, had another good game today. I mean, it wasn't obviously as good as he was in Denver last week. But, um, you know, catches a touchdown pass. A guy that we know can make catches in traffic and all that that type of stuff. Um, so, I mean, good to see him continue that. Jonu Smith is a guy that is, is making himself a lot of money with what he's done in the first couple of weeks. I mean, he's got three touchdowns through the first two games, had three touchdowns all year last year. Um, so, you know, the, the Titans, you know, looking forward a little bit, they've got some guys in, you know, Jonu Smith, who knows what's going to happen with Corey Davis, and Jayon Brown. You've got some guys that are in contract years right here that have stepped up and have been able to make those plays. And if we know, injuries happen in the NFL. And so if you're going to be successful, you've got to have that next man up mentality and, you know, they had those guys step up today, and that's what has to be encouraging. The 2-0 start is awesome. Um, you know, you, you think they haven't played their best football yet uh, with, the like you said, the offense struggling in week one, the defense struggling today. But you have to be encouraged with kind of the, what the, sum, the sum of the parts being better than the, than the individuals. This, this team truly looks like it, it's that, you know, team mentality and when one guy's down, you've got other guys that are ready to step up and, and make those plays. Yeah, and and uh, well, you know, we can take a look at it historically as well. You know, on on the one hand, you say, oh, okay, you know, two and zero. Oh, what's the uh, what's what's the big deal? It's just two two games out of sixteen. But you know, if you look back historically, um, this is a pretty big step because it hasn't happened since two thousand eight. Um, and uh, 2008, what happened then? Well, that was the last time the Titans won the AFC South as well. So certainly uh, not only uh, are they out of the gate quickly, which has been a concern from, from time to time over, over the years, um, and not only that, but they're, they're beating uh, AFC opponents, which has been uh, an issue in terms of tiebreakers from, from time to time. So they're, they're taking a big step in the, in the right direction there. And, you know, I, I think they're kind of displaying one of those uh, qualities that, that all good teams have, which is finding a way to win, you know, when you're when you're not at the top of your game. And I don't think we've seen a great game from the, uh, from the Titans all around yet. We've seen a good one good defensive game, one good offensive game, but we haven't necessarily seen them, them put it all together. And yet they're they're in first place um, in the AFC South. Yeah, and it feels a little bit different than I remember the I guess the the last Mike Malarkey year when they went nine and seven, they won the playoff game. But 
you, you know, they had a lot of really ugly wins that year. And, you know, they, they kept saying after those games, well, all, the wins are all that matters. You know, but you, you, you just saw some, some pretty major deficiencies from the team. And there are some, like, we, like we've talked about already, there, there are some causes for concern here. But it doesn't feel like those same ugly wins that you saw in that year. I mean, I, I just remember going back to that year, there was a game against the Browns where the, the Browns were really good on, against the run, and they were terrible against the pass. And the Titans came out you know, with the, with the same game plan they would have had, it seemed like, regardless of who they were playing. They, they tried to run, 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 even though it wasn't working. And I, it, it feels different than that team because they do have different ways that they can win. And you can attack them. And listen, we haven't seen the – we haven't seen the Derrick Henry that we saw the end of the end of the year last year. I mean, he ends up with 84 yards today, but again, it took 25 carries to get there. Um, it didn't at one point he had what seven carries for three yards, something like that, yeah. and then he ripped off a, a few big runs, kind of there to end the first half. But it, it just feels like a team that can attack you from different ways, and so they still want to run the offense through Derrick Henry but they're able to do other things when that's not working. Yeah, and, and, and I think, as you sort of referenced there, I think one of the reasons this probably feels differently is that this is a Titans team that can run up some points. And for so many years, you know, before uh, Tannehill took over last year, this was so often a team that, oh, oh goodness, let's get to 20, 23 points and then hang on uh, for, for dear life. But... You know, I went back and looked at the stats tonight, and I think under Vrabel, um, you know, I think if they've had 20 or more points, they're now 17 and four, um, and now they're not only hitting that, you know, 23, 24 point mark, but it's it's been more often like it was today. What you know, it's 33 points. I mean, they averaged 30 points in the last 10 games of last season too. So you have more margin of error uh you know when you when you can score the kind of points that the titans have been putting up more often than not you know if you do miss three field goals heaven forbid or or if you do doink an extra point um you you know you're going to have that extra margin whereas before if you're only scoring 20 or 23 points per game you know if you have one crucial turnover uh, or, or one critical mistake, you know, the odds are you you might not be able to, to recover from that because um, it's it's that much closer uh, every single game. So I think that's that's encouraging, and it's you know for for Titans fans too. I think it just has to be kind of fun, you know, after after all these years of of you know grind it out. And as you mentioned, I think the the, the Terry Robisky led offenses come to mind when you think about those offenses that just. You know, we're going to barely get it done. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of fun to see him, uh, you know, Tannehill throw for four touchdown passes. Team scores 33 points, and it's not a fluke. Uh, so, you know, we'll see how far this goes. But this is no, uh, this is no, you know, as I said, not not a fluke now. We've seen it uh, too often over the last couple of seasons. This is, this is Titans football, and, and this is an entertaining bunch. And you have to be encouraged, too, by different guys stepping up. Uh, Anthony Ferkser has a big day, and we, we've seen that from him. It, it's not like that's a, that's a huge surprise. But, you know, he has four catches on four targets for 45 yards. Cameron Batson, 
um, who, you know, comes in this week and, you know, has a couple of big catches, ha- has a run. You know, they, they've just got different things that they can do to put, put pressure on a defense. And so, like you're saying, I mean, we're just – we're so conditioned as Titans fans – to watch a game and be afraid when the other team scores points, right? Because you you can't dig out of that hole. There, there's no margin, like you said, no margin for error there. But th- they've got a bunch of different a bunch of different options that they can go to. And so when one thing when when the the rushing game is not going as well as you would like for it to do, you can find an Anthony Ferkser, you can find a Cameron Batson. Um, again, just kind of all the guys collectively stepping up. And, and being able to make plays there. And so that that's the way, I mean, that, that's the recipe for success here because, well, you know, like we said, I mean, A.J. Brown, is, is he's out today, you know, with the Schefter report that it's more of a week-to-week thing versus a day-to-day thing. So they could be without him for a couple of games here. Um, just, just having the, just that feeling that there are other guys, there are other ways that they can kind of mix and match to, to put pressure on teams, and even when the defense is not playing that well, the ability to go out there and get points in those types of situations is going to be huge for them as we go throughout the season. Yeah, and, and part of that confidence, too, I, I should have mentioned this early, earlier about the, uh, about the offense, is what Ryan Tannehill has been kind of able to do in, in clutch situations, whether it's at the end of a half, or in the fourth quarter, and we saw it again today. You know, that's a game-winning drive, scored 30-30. Uh, he drives them down. They get the Goskowski field goal. They win. That is uh, two game-winning drives uh, already this season, one in each of the first two weeks. And if you look back, and in, in, it's been 15 starts now, uh, including the playoff games, he's had five game-winning drives in, in 15 starts, which is a pretty, pretty solid percentage. And you, I think there's a whole different level of confidence now. A, uh, you know, in those tight games that they're going to be able to, uh, uh, to to get something done. And also, if they happen to be down, uh, you know, whether it's one score or even more than one score, that, that they can come back. And, uh, you know, I'm not sure that was, that was always uh, the case, whether there was a great deal of confidence when they were down by, by one or two scores. But... You know that opener against Denver was it was a perfect um, you know example. They're they're down late. Uh, Tannehill drives them over over eighty yards, and they got that game winning field goal. So really, I, I I think there's a level of calm and and confidence now on that on that offense that uh, that just hadn't been there in uh, in previous years. So it's a that's uh, a definite uh, definite plus for this team. Well, it's fun too because. You know, in the Marcus Mariota years, you kind of knew early in the game if he had it or if he didn't. You know, there wasn't a lot of – if he started bad, there weren't, a, there weren't very many times where he rebounded and, and played well later in the game. And so you, you just have – you don't lose hope, like you're saying. Even if they get down, they can, they can come back, um, they can rally, and, and he's able to shake off a couple of bad drives because, you know, there was a point there in the second half – where the offense, I mean, they only scored nine points in the second half. So, you know, there's there's a little bit of, of a concern, momentum, and all those types of things that they really weren't able to overcome before. But, you know, I mean, when, they, when the Titans got the ball back there at the end, you felt confident that they were going to be able to go down there and get points. Now, I don't know if you're like me. <laughs> I felt like they left a little bit too much time there for Minshew at the end. But again, the defense steps up and makes the play when they makes the plays when they have to, gets, gets that interception, and that's the ball game. So you just 
overall, you have to feel pretty good about where this team is going forward. Again, not without questions, but you feel good about their ability to find a way to win regardless of kind of how the game flow has been. Yeah, and, you know, now all of a sudden you're looking at next week and, and really, you know, before the season started, you look at a game at Minnesota, I, I think I had it as a loss for the for the Titans. You know, Minnesota's been a pretty solid club over the years, and you're and you're playing up there. Um, but now all of a sudden, you know, Minnesota's zero and two. Um, the, the the Titans are two and zero, and and I see that the the odds makers have them as one and a half point favorites going into Minnesota um, next next week. So, you know, certainly wouldn't be a wouldn't be a shock uh, if this team uh, is, is to pull that off. And uh, you know, what would a what would a three and zero start do? I can't I can't even remember. Maybe it must have been two thousand eight. I yeah. guess. I'd have to look back again the last time it was 3-0, and but uh, uh, interesting. Um, uh, you know, certainly uh, certainly good things. A little, uh, little bit of hope for, for this team and for the for the fans who, who can't necessarily sit in the uh, in the stands, but uh, surely must be enjoying things on their on their couches nonetheless. Yeah, because they started 10-0, and right, in 2008. Ah, like right, that right. That was the yeah. year that, you know, they, they had that good run. Um, like you said, only two, only two 2-0 and starts since they've been the Titans. So it's just it, it's a different it's a different type of team it's a, it's a different feeling um, as you say and like you said you're you're getting Minnesota at a time where they're only two they they've looked bad especially defensively in the first two games so go up there you know it, it it feels like one of those games where if they can go up there and get a lead early um, you may have a team that is kind of on that edge of are are we gonna fight at zero and two. Or, or are we going to, you know, be 0-3 and, and kind of lay down? So right. it's fun to talk about the Titans being, you know, that team versus the, the one that's 0-2 or the one that's 1-1 one one struggling. Um, you know, it, it's just a, it's a different brand of football that we're seeing. And, again, not to be, you know, overly rosy because there are, there are issues, certainly, that this team has to address. But it, it just it feels like you've c- kind of continued how they ended last season, finding a way to win games. You know, doing it against in late game situations, um, you just feel good about a team that's able to do those types of things. Anything else that we need to mention before we get out of here? Yeah, maybe we'll just touch real quick on on uh, an odd question, considering Derrick Henry has you know over two hundred yards in the in the first two games, but at the same time. Are there running issues on on this team where we're used to? Uh, you know, it's a high bar that Derrick Henry and the rushing game have set um, for the Titans, and and you know, averaged uh, as you said, I think it was three four today, and it was three seven in the opener. And, and I know uh, offensive coordinator Arthur Smith said during the week, "Hey, you know, uh, I, I didn't necessarily like. Uh, I think there's a lot to clean up in the rushing game, and and we saw some more of that today, and and maybe the." The Jags were stacking things up with with no AJ Brown in the lineup for the for the Titans, but still, um, you know, I don't think so far we're seeing the same running game. Not that certainly, not that it's been poor, but um, uh, you know, not not what we've been uh, been used to. I'll say. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he hasn't. I mean, I, I think he, I felt like he ran better today than he did on Monday yeah. night. Um, you, you know, it just felt like Monday night he was he had kind of reverted back to the early 2019 exactly. style where he was looking to bounce things and that kind of stuff. He, he did a little bit better on that kind of stuff. But, yeah, I mean, again, there, there are questions here. 
but we've seen Derrick Henry have a couple of bad games, and then you see him rip off a – he goes on a run where, you know, he, he's, he's ripping off those big runs and that kind of stuff. He seems like a guy that it really thrives on confidence and that kind of stuff, and hopefully we see that to grow because I, I think they do need – if they're going to get back to where they were last year at the end of the year, if you're talking about a team that's going to compete in the AFC, they need him to be at the top of his game. I thought he was better today – but I think there are still some things they need to clean up there because I, I I still think this offense runs through him and he hasn't been he hasn't been great through two games like you said 200 yards through two games I mean that that's great but with the amount of carries that it's taken to get him there they they need to be able to kind of more consistently sustain you know the the, the five yards per carry versus what we saw today. Right, and maybe it's a situation, too, and we've seen this in the past with Derrick Henry, kind of as the season goes on and, and defenses wear down a little bit, just, just the toll of, of the year, Derrick Henry tends to, uh, you know, the, the yardage tends to go up for Derrick Henry as the season goes on. He stays pretty strong. Defense in general maybe start to, to tire a little bit over the course of the season, so maybe we'll see some of that moving on as well but yeah i don't think we've uh, I, I agree with you even though uh henry's rushing total was not as, as great today i agree i thought his i thought the style uh was was better i thought it was more of a north south um style we saw today but didn't uh, didn't see the holes that we're used to seeing for derrick henry either so that's one thing to uh, to, to keep an eye on again but uh as the titans and and, uh, and all the fans are saying hey two and oh it's it's better to uh, uh you know it's a heck of a lot better feeling to uh, to work on things when you're two and zero than the than it would be if we were zero two at this point. Yeah, absolutely, and it's just a, it's a weird spot for the Titans because they like we talked about they haven't they just haven't been in this situation too many times. So yeah, it, it's <laughs> great point. It's better to clean up things at this point than if you're one and one or zero and two. So yeah, I mean I think that about covers it for today. Um, like I said, we'll have a a ton of stuff on Broadway Sports Media breaking this this win down and then as we head into next week against the Vikings. So be sure and check that out, broadwaysportsmedia.com. John, thanks so much for joining me tonight. Sure, thanks, Jimmy. Yeah, absolutely. Great to have you. And so, again, follow John on Twitter at Glennon Sports. You can follow me on Twitter at MCM. Thanks so much for listening to this edition of Home Run Throwback, and we will talk to you again next week. Brought to you by Broadway Sports Media.